Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim and Danny, where we step into the ring and spar with hospitality's heavyweights. Yeah, getting KO'd. Getting knocked Get, out. Getting knocked on our butts by... TKOs. Yeah. Or just straight knockouts, I guess. Yeah. So, Danny, I wanted to ask you, when you go to a restaurant, do you mm -hmm. have a preferred seat? What are your seating... You know, if there's like two seats that look into the wall, let's say, and two seats that look out into the restaurant, okay. I would prefer to look out into the restaurant. So a view, that's interesting. A view is considered. Yeah. I, I don't really care where in the restaurant I'm sitting, like near the front windows. And like, I don't really, as long as it's like yeah. not near some, like a bathroom door that keeps opening and shutting with like stinky smells coming out of it. Yeah. Proximity to a bathroom is bad. Proximity to but, the kitchen or like. A service station can be bad yeah or like if you're if you're at the bar and you're next to like the prep area that can be chaotic because people are yeah. usually standing over you well it yeah i mean it depends on the experience sometimes you want to sit at a kitchen counter to like see the action uh recently we've been talking about nightwood and that was like a place where ellie and i would always go sit at the counter um and then yeah like you know sometimes you'll sit at the bar and want to see how you know, interact with bars, see how the drinks are made. Mm -hmm. I don't really, yeah, I think if it's just two people, I'd find sitting at the bar or having a two-top. Yeah. I have a rule, three at the bar, four at a table. So if there's three people, Agreed. you can sit at the bar. 100%. Otherwise, you get that Seinfeld situation where you're like, whoa, who's over there? I can't see. Yeah, or yeah. you get like the corner to yeah, the, the bar Yeah, the corner is the caveat side. to that rule. Yeah. So if you're a big star and you have, you know, two on e either side yeah, of the exactly. corner, that works too. For sure. But otherwise... uh did you yeah. have an experience recently that prompted this question? It didn't, but I've been thinking about that. Um, I had a girlfriend who you was Shannon, like, so you had other sides of the restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shannon and I typically sit on opposite sides. <laughs> yeah, there's a two top that got split into two ones. Um, but an ex girlfriend, Victoria, who you know, yep. Um, she was like very opinionated about seats at mm -hmm. a restaurant, and she like every time we'd go out to eat. Just putting axes on black. She'd have to move. She'd be like, she was watching other tables to know if they're leaving. Hmm. She'd always and and I was like, man, this sucks. Like, can like, you just what was chill? her aim? Like to be in a high just, visibility seat? Just the vibe. And then hmm. over time, I like realized, a feng shui situation. I think so. I I yeah. I think she was like aware of like in the winter you don't want to be by the door. It was that sort of <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, that's but smart. also like just kind of having like a private. It was usually with like groups huh. and having like a, an area where you're private and. I was kind of hard on her. And then I realized, like, she's right. Like, your table placement has a lot to do with your experience there. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think I'm focused not to, you know, not to uh, criticize Victoria here. But I think I'm so focused on, like, who I'm with that I don't really pay much attention to the, the other stuff. Yeah. My um, rule with Shannon, because Shannon's also opinionated about where we sit. I'm like, I'll move, but you have to ask. I will never go to the host and be like, hey, could we get that Yeah, table? once I'm seated at a table, I would feel very uncomfortable requesting to yeah. move. Yeah, but Shannon some, doesn't care. And unless there's like a drip out. coming from an HVAC, yeah. you know, vent over my head. Yeah, that's a then crazy I would, one. Then I would obviously. I do prefer to sit looking out, though. Yeah. But I am also like when I go out to eat and it's like, like we went to um, RPM Seafood. Mm -hmm. uh, we had like a team dinner there. Like a couple months ago and you know it's right on the river really nice view like i always sit facing in in situations like that well cause because you, i want you know employees or like the you know who i'm with to have, to have like the nice for view sure looking out <clears throat> so i'm aware of what the best seat is but yeah. i always like i also like to just ask people where they'd like to sit and i'll take last choice yeah 
Oh yeah. If uh, that's you know. good too. Very selfless of you. No, yeah. I mean, I don't really. Again, yeah. I don't uh, care too much about that. We were at I'm a, sensitive to many other things, but uh, <laughs> yes, you, but not we, that. We were at a delayed holiday party um, last weekend for uh, Janat, the clothing line Shannon works with, and uh, and it was like a, it was at. Um, the owner's home and they, it was like they had a chef come and prepare a meal. And I think there were probably like 12 people there at their dining table and their rule was boy, girl, boy, girl, can't hmm. sit next to your spouse. Yeah. And I, I like, I actually enjoyed that. It, I enjoy it. I'm not good at going out of my way to talk to people I'm not same, very familiar with. But imagine if you're going to an event and you don't really want to go all that much and like the one saving grace is that you're going to be with your spouse. Yeah. And then someone, as soon as you get there, like, by the way, you and your spouse are splitting up. Well, I, I would be pretty you. pissed. Yeah. True, Not pissed. True. I mean, this is an exaggeration, but I would be like annoyed because you know, it's, it's to invoke conversation. I, I get it. But then you also like the seating at the table, like there were no assigned seats. So it's like, like the, I always think of that, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where they're like, are, are you a good middle? Like, can you help bridge the two sides of the table? Yeah. And I don't know that I'm a strong middle. I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like sometimes I, I'm like painfully aware of the pressure to bridge mm -hmm. and it makes me like, yeah, just not be able to relax. Yeah, it um, depends on the crowd too. If it's like two distinct groups of people, I'm yeah. bad at mixing friends. Like I like, I have lots of different groups of friends, but I do have anxiety. Humble brag trying to yeah i just everyone wants to be my friend and it's just <laughs> really taxing friends. on me <laughs> but no like i'm i'm aware of like like different groups of people because like I, yeah I, a lot of my friends just don't want to deal with my other friends i don't know what it is or yeah, you've i told or, some funny stories it's a situation that. that only exists in my head like i have had incidents where people are like oh man what do you, you know but i don't know bridging you know, kind of trying to curate a, a group or an outing so it, I was not uncomfortable not seated next to Shannon at this dinner. I yeah, was you knew a lot of people there, though. That's the difference. If you uh, didn't... I knew a couple people there, but I was not... Oh, I guess I was seated next to Elise, so I... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, okay. yeah you definitely know, like, it was a similar circle. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't uncomfortable for me, but what was uncomfortable was when the hostess uh, pulled out the karaoke machine and then <laughs> asked me if I wanted to go first. So I... That is my worst nightmare. It is my worst. At the Camp Wandawega event, we had uh, we had the Cabin Boys band, and like it was very low key. You know, everyone has cocktails and sitting around in the kind of campfire setting, and they were singing and then kind of passing the mic around. I was sweating bullets, <laughs> praying that they would not. And luckily, they went to gym and said, "Yeah, me. luckily I got to spectate." Yeah, were you there for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "You have no idea the anxiety." Some people just love the it. Storm going on in my mind. And, and like trying to play it off too, like, like kind of swaying to the music. But in my mind, I'm like, don't you fucking hand that to me. <laughs> yeah, That's a skill I would, I would pay a lot. I mean, I guess not necessarily pay, but oh, I would love to, to have, yeah, to, cause some people are just like gifted with that ability and I guess the desire to do it and not have any self-consciousness yeah. um, while they're performing. And I do not have that. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. With singing in particular. I think any, any having any sort of musical gift, music does not come easily to me. I've yeah. played piano and guitar, um, but not well with either. And I've really, I'm, it's an uphill battle for me to do it. And then yeah. like Danny and I were at, uh, we went to Dorian's to see my friend uh, Noah Plotkin's band last weekend. And there's just like a little jazz trio. And it was, 
I'm, I was like envious watching them on stage. And I think I said to you, Danny, like, I wish I could like feel music or have the ability to kind yeah. of like lean into it and kind of zone out. And like, I don't know. That's why I like the Grateful Dead watching Jerry's solos and stuff. He could just, they feel the music and that like I play music, but I don't feel it. Yeah. I'm so focused on the notes and I don't have the skill to, to venture out. Well, someone who does feel the music, so to speak is, <laughs> uh, is this week's guest. That's right. Um, We've got Abe Visekovich in the studio, ready to tell you all about his time, his journey, and uh, it's pretty pretty cool, dude. Great yeah. to catch up with him in this setting. Fine drinking, I, I would say, is his specialty. Yep. Uh, is yeah. that a, is that a term? Fine sure. dining, fine drinking. Sure, I think it, it should, should be for yeah. a nice cocktail bar. Violet Hour, I think, was kind of set down a flag in Chicago as a as a nice cocktail bar. Kind of set the stage for that scene. Um, Spent seven years there, right? Yep. And then um, is now working with uh, the Meadowlark group that also has Lardone and uh, Union. Union. Yep. Yep. And uh, without further ado, here's our conversation with Abe. Talking about Liz Distillates. Yeah. <laughs> Cacao vinegar, nectar ancestral. Yeah. Um, so welcome, Abe, to the studio. Thanks. Thanks well, for being here. here. You uh you helped keep us on our schedule. Yeah. Without Abe, we would have been skipping a week, probably. Terrible. Could or... you imagine a week without joiners? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine a Monday morning without hearing myself talk. <laughs> It would have just been Tim and I interviewing each other about things that we already know. Yeah. About pretending each other. not to know. Yeah, exactly. So, They're Danny, pretending. who are you married to again? <laughs> <laughs> what are your kids' names? Uh, Abe, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, it's a good Wait, can we guess first? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we should each take a stab at it. <laughs> do you want to go first, Danny? Um, Don't take I, my pronunciation. I would say uh, Vusekovich. And I would say Vuskovich. Danny's got it. Fuck. Yeah. Say it again. Woo! Vusekovich. Yeah. Vusekovich. Vusekovich. Yep. That sounds pretty American, though. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, the pronunciation, not the it's, last it's, name. I think it's an Ellis Island pronunciation. Yeah. Um, but it's. Where did your so people I guess come I had the from? authentic pronunciation. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> there, there are points awarded for that, too. <laughs> Where did your people come from? Um, from, you know, just kind of like all over Europe, but the namesake, uh, I'm a quarter Montenegrin. Whoa. Oh. Do you only drink Amaro Montenegro? Uh, I do enjoy Amaro de Montenegro. Um, wow. Yeah. And I, I don't speak, I only speak very little. My grandpa spoke it a little bit, but. Hmm. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. If I have kids, they're going to be an eighth Montenegrin and have a long last name. Ivy hmm. League. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. It's a wild. So uh, tell us about. Have you? Did you grow up here? I did. Yeah. So I'm from the city. I yep. grew up um, kind of by Devon and Western. Okay. So cool. Northwest side, West oh, Rogers Park, right near Con Barbecue. Yeah. And used to run around in Warren Park as a kid. Wow. Um, then my family moved to the Lakeview Lincoln Park area. And when I, was that? When I was uh, eleven. Okay. And Do you remember eating like crazy ethnic food before that? Yeah. Devon Street was. Awesome. You know, we'd 
scrounge up like five bucks and there was a place i don't think it exists anymore i actually definitely doesn't and you just pick the color of the curry you load it up on the rice and (sighs) you just ate in the heat of summer and you know there's there's korean food there is west african food it's just it was it was a really cool place to see a lot of different kinds of people some good palate training as a kid (laughs) yeah garib navaz you know that spot up there yeah Mm -hmm. really good so good that's when i go out of my way for it's it's always like it's me and a lot of like cab drivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I never really know what to order, even though they have the pictures on the walls. But it's always delicious. And there's one I guess in the Loop too. Is there? Yeah, they, a new to. one, right? I don't know when they opened. I haven't been, but yeah, I, I think remember hearing that. Yeah, I, I read that too. Anywho, so you moved to Lakeview when you were around 11, Lincoln mm-hmm. Park, Lakeview. Yep. So went to elementary school, high school, and then college all in Lincoln Park. Okay. So DePaul. DePaul, and. Nice. What did you study? Uh, I started as a pre-med. Okay. Um, and then after organic chemistry, I decided I didn't really care that much about saving <laughs> lives and <laughs> went, on a, uh, went on a journey of uh, self-exploration uh, and kind of changed from philosophy to history and then ended up doing like a dual English literature, creative writing with a minor in philosophy all great for bartending. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a key bartender's resume. Yeah. yeah, so many of us with that creative writing, English background. What were your spots in college? Did you gotten to go Park? to? Yeah. Uh, we would go to Lily's um, on Wednesdays. Uh, there'd usually be some music, and I think those Long Island iced teas have been banned. Uh, there's just like so much alcohol in them. I think like I heard a story that all the bartenders in Lincoln Park got together with Lily, who you know, freak, you know, is behind the bar and said, you have to stop. And they're just like jugs of who knows what. Uh, <laughs> and it's, uh, you pour that with some, you know, sour mix and some, some cola. And it was, I remember one night just walking home with milk crates on my head. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, I remember not remembering anything. Go kind of like that too. Yeah. But yeah. we would go there and then usually Burr would tap. We'd go to, they had free food. Um, which was hmm. nice. And then a live one, we'd go for oh, $2 yeah. Tuesdays. Do you um, think you got more wrecked in college or uh, post-violet hour closes? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> I would say probably post-violet hour closes. Yeah, yeah, Robbie was telling stories of just crawling up the stairs to his apartment. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can fact-check the... Uh, the uh... No, that's not... That was pre-Abe's time. Oh, yeah, yeah, we we, we, cro- we didn't cross paths while he was yeah. there. Yeah, but... Danny insists that... Uh... Robbie would just paint the town red in a someone, hey, someone, a three-piece suit. Someone kind of verified <laughs> what I said in the comments. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so Violet Hour post-shifts. Yes. As compared to DePaul partying. Um, yeah, pretty pretty comparable. Um, I mean, Violet Hour post-shifts where those are long shifts. Those are like 13-hour shifts. We yeah. used to be open until 3 on Saturdays, so that's how Scofflaw was too. Yeah, so they were long, and you know, by the end, you're exhausted, and you've done like f- five or six in a row. Overtime wasn't a thing um, back then, <laughs> and um, yeah, you'd, Saturday night was when we'd go, and it got hazy. And <laughs> would you guys hang out? Where I mean, what was open at that? We point? would. Everyone would have like a shift drink at yeah. Violet Hour, and um, maybe two, and then go to Estelle's. Uh, yeah. would crawl over to the owl. Sometimes we'd try to stop and get food. Uh, sometimes we'd go to somebody's house. Um, yeah. but it was nice. It was, we bonded a lot. 
you know. I yeah. remember the first time I went to the Owl relatively sober, and I was like, this is what this place looks like? <laughs> it, it's, it's, you really only yeah. get there. You, like, kind of drag yourself in at, like, 3 in the morning. <laughs> it's <laughs> been was, many years. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, was Violet Hour your first gig? Uh, my first bar gig was Violet Hour. I was hired as a, a host. Actually, wow. my hiring paper said hostess. I was the first male host um, there. And, hmm. uh, yeah, that was... First wow. male hostess. Hostess, yes. Yeah. Um, did you, what did you have to wear for this uh, position? Um, it was, you know, we were, there were a lot of uh, arm garters and suspenders around and vests and. Was it just uh, a pile that everyone could just reach into before a shift? There was, was uh, Toby likes to go like thrifting a dress up. and he had like, uh, he had a couple of vests if anyone wanted one and forgot theirs. It was like that. That bin or the trunk when you take the old timey photos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, here's a uh, bandolero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, and yeah, I like started growing a mustache just so I could fit in, you know. And sure, <laughs> a curly mustache. I didn't curl it. Okay, yeah, thank goodness. Couldn't but... have been that serious. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you start out there as a host. Uh, hostess. So is that was that when you walk in the door? Yep. You're you're the first. Point of contact. So First, it's like, yeah. And, and what's the what's the training like there? What's because I always feel like I'm kind of like talking to. It's like you're stepping through the looking glass there. Yeah, and it's it's a pretty big space. It's uh, I think you can the capacity is 150. I don't think we ever fit that many. Yeah, people there's that there. back room too that never gets used. So you're just basically working with the door person, um, and then walk. The line used to wrap around the block, and so they would sort of like vet who should be coming in and. Um, larger groups, and you'd get a count, and then you just walk around and seat them. There was no turning tables. People would camp out uh, quite often, and, yeah, it was not the hardest job, but it was fun. Yeah, how and long did you host before? It was pretty... Oh. <laughs> Tim might have had another question. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. It was uh, pretty quickly, uh, hey, you look able-bodied. Can you uh, start running food? And then there was a night where... Um, it was a big event called, you know, the James Beard Awards. I wasn't sure what that was, and I thought, who's James Beard? Does he have a sick beard? Like, what is, <laughs> what is this? And uh, I was food running, um, and it got busier and busier, and then all of a sudden I heard we won this James Beard Award. Oh, and, man. And then it was, uh, it was pretty crazy, and it was that night I got asked to, hey, do you want to work behind the bar as a bar back? I was like, this is pretty cool. There's this bartender drinking, like, Havana Club with a crazy straw out of it, walking around, and it, it was it was a blast. And I think it was then I kind of drank the Kool Aid of like, oh, this is this is really cool. Yeah, were you before that happened? Were you contemplating, you know, switching career, like you know, moving to something different? Yeah, I had I had started as like a dishwasher in college, and is was my hospitality background, and then started being working as a barista. Um, and then took a stint away from that. And I was just going through a bad breakup, already a career change. And I was just like, I'm try something else. So my friend had was work, my roommate was working there and was like, hey, do you want to work as a host? And I just, it's typically, I guess, how people got jobs. There. Yeah. And it, the rest was kind of history. I kind of just really got into it. Yeah. How long from bar backing to bartending? Um, it was, uh, my first shift was about a year and a half. And apparently that was like one of the fastest in a long From time. From bar back to bartender, a yeah. year and a half? It took a year, but the, it usually took three years was the average I was told. Wow. Um, Is yeah. that 
it's pretty light. What, yeah, for what, sure. what do you think is a... I mean, nowadays, it's a little bit different. It's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was pretty standard to put up a year bar backing, I would say, uh, unless something went horribly wrong. I mean, people caught breaks because things happened. Um, How long did you bar back at Whistler? Uh, well, I was never... I know that was like a demotion. Yeah, yeah, been... yeah. Yep, exactly. So that was just, I mean, mostly the whole time. Like, I never was B1 over at the Whistler before we opened Scofflaw. Paul and Billy and Rob would run B1. They'd be like in the cocktail making well, because there's only one well there that made cocktails. And then B2 would kind of be everything else, supporting, expoing, any built drinks, any beers, uh, closing out, you know, it was a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, generally just like over there, I mean, it's like an apprentice. You work for people who know more than you and gain experience and uh use that to springboard your career which abe has done yeah it was uh learning from a lot of different people and after robbie left it with the bar manager position became kind of like the defense against the dark arts kind of it was a rotating (laughs) door of a lot of people and so i got to train under a lot of people and different training styles and was able to absorb a lot who would you say you worked most closely with or um, learned the most from, perhaps. Probably over the course of the time, Toby would be the most eventually. But in terms of co- coming into bartending, it would be Patrick. Yeah. And Patrick was tough on me. I was really good at schmoozing. And, this and, is Pat Ray or Pat Smith? Uh, Pat Smith. Okay. Um, and, you know, I don't know if, I still don't, not sure if he was serious, but he said his training style for me was the movie Whiplash. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Did it ever actually feel like that? No, no. It was, uh, he was, he, because, you know, he wanted me not to just be like your neighborhood friendly bartender, but to like really care and, and give a shit about balance and, and creating like every drink, like the best version uh, I could. And, that that toughness actually in the long run at the time I didn't like it, um, but in the long run it was like oh you know what like the way that he would constantly reject builds yeah and just straw taste stuff and just like oh why did you do that why is that sherry in there is that doing anything or are you just are you adding sherry because you want to and hmm. sherry's cool right now so it was it was a lot of that um, that's cool but I was like bugging all the bartenders when I was coming up I'm like hey can you try this drink hey can you teach me how to do that I'm like. It was, it was really cool. Yeah. I so did like, that inform how you craft cocktails today? Are you still thinking about those like critical thinking and do you making hear sure everything's intentional? Patrick's voice in your head as you're making. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you haunted? Sometimes. Do you have whiplash? I just like yeah. Sometimes a single tear comes down. <laughs> no, <laughs> shaking. I think it was it was good to hear all of that, but then I like as I started bartending, I started teaching a lot of cocktail classes and. Teaching the public like, at Violet for, Hour, yeah. So teaching the day walkers, uh, as we called them, uh, <laughs> how to think about drinks, just like really, really simply, actually helped me like just simplify everything. And I think that was very, very helpful um, because I think bartenders tend to overthink drinks, overthink things in general, and yeah, simple is better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was looking in Bartender's Manifesto and the three drinks in there, one is a vodka drink, one's a sherry drink, and one's an aquavit drink. 
uh, to defend yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the vodka drink? Really? Okay. <laughs> oh, when Toby was putting it together? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, man. <laughs> Did you pick a different one? <laughs> Why did I get the vodka one? <laughs> yeah. Someone's Did you have do it. input as to what drinks ended up in the book? Um, I was, I chatted with Emma and uh, Toby a, a bit when they're putting it together. And I think their first, there were a lot of cuts and Everyone, I was there for a while, so I had a lot of drinks on menus. So I think there were five initially, um, and there were two vodka drinks out of the five. <laughs> like, just don't do me with two. <laughs> <laughs> Cut one of the vodka ones, please. But uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was cool. The, the book came together really nicely. I, I, yeah, it's cool. It's beautiful. Um, do you remember those? Do you remember the creation processes for those three specific drinks or any specific drink? And yeah, I think. What what are those drinks? Um, I have them uh, flagged here um, with my <laughs> professional bookmarks. <laughs> a wet napkin. Yeah, just mostly napkin pieces. The heartbreaker. Yeah, yeah. That uh, I remember that one. Goodbye now, ta ta then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then daywalker. Yeah, yeah. So the heartbreaker was we'd get prompts, uh, the whole bar team, and everyone would pull from a hat or a bag. Uh, I think it was like tip- typically a. Blanton's bag or something, and we pull out a. Oh, that's cool. Are there always prompts? Uh, most of the time, there are prompts. Was yeah. it ever like, I got this DC the other night and I made this drink, and I think it's pretty good? DC, DC dealer's choice. That's right. For Tracy in Wisconsin. I got a tiny uh, mural of Washington, DC last night. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, what were we talking about? Yeah, just uh, the different drinks and uh, inspiration between them. Yeah, I think the prompts are usually like they'd look at a menu, see what the different styles of drinks were popular or the placement they wanted to fill. And it would be Toby and the beverage, the bar manager, and it'd be like vodka accessible summertime or like gin refreshing with a surprise or like... Um, Amaro, um, and uh, nothing else. Did the prompts change over time? They did, depending on who the bar manager was. Um, Sometimes they're simpler. Sometimes it's just like whiskey shaken would be the very simple prompt. What was the most esoteric prompt you saw? Um, What was it? I think one was like best breakup drink. Like I just got broken up with. Hmm. Um, But those, you know, it... It depended on who the bar, who was in the bar team, and what they were coming up with. And sometimes, certain bartenders would need a little bit more creativity in the prompt to get get the juices going. Um, Lily's Long Island iced tea for the breakup. <laughs> <laughs> full jug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, workshopping those drinks was was fun. It was with the bar team. It was with Toby. It was with the bar manager. And you know, coming from the creative writing background, where you just you bring something you think you know a poem that you think is like the best shit on earth and you like poured over these lines and these line breaks and you you bring it to the group and everyone just demolishes it and Mm -hmm. just says this doesn't make sense this may make sense in your brain but no one here understands it and then everyone's kind of feeding off each other and it's like this whole thing so getting thick skin to like kill your darlings as they would say and take uh criticism is is good and i still like yesterday there was a couple apparently who said every drink was too sweet 
or unbalanced at metal arc at metal arc and then they went to union and like these these drinks are way better and ordered a bunch of dirty martinis (laughs) (laughs) so but like still i heard that i was like there's a deep part of me that just like uh that bugged me but then you know, I, I've got to have fixed. Did they give you that feedback after they'd already paid at MetalArch? No, apparently they were actively giving that feedback to the server while hmm. not wanting any recommendations or any guidance on the menu. Hmm. And what's the policy if two people are like just totally, I mean, are you like sending out new drinks and hoping they like the new drinks? I think and, you do that once. Yeah. But you, you if know, they keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Fool me twice. It's like, okay. Um, They're just hard to please. Yeah. And some people for lack of a better phrase i think kind of get off by just being mean in that way yeah just like yeah. tearing taking you tearing down. apart food programs or beverage programs and it's whatever yeah um yeah they're called food critics <laughs> <laughs> yeah to, well to go yeah in a small tangent um we had some we we had like a, a single group that had come in for new year's at scofflaw and um this year this year and over time, like it became apparent that the critiques that were coming from them weren't like fully genuine because in following up with the staff that were there that night, they were like, it just didn't check out. And it kind of became clear they were like just trying to scam and get refunds. And it was like just so frustrating because there were like new pieces of information that were like revealing themselves after we'd already refunded them and it was like uh yeah, it's brutal do that, yeah it's not constructive yeah like yeah I, i'm sorry did, for being vague i just don't want to <laughs> yeah, give no, like too much story yeah yeah too uh, much away like the equivalent for us sometimes is like on a uniform front if, if um, we deliver like a custom piece to somebody and then they like they freak out and they're like oh these shirts are fitting wrong like they're, they're everything's fitting three sizes too small and then like I used to just major anxiety over that because we want everybody to be happy with their uniforms and, you know, people are working, they want to be comfortable at work. And then, so I, but I've learned that you need to dig a little bit deeper because usually it's like one employee out of 60 was like, Hey, the sleeves are kind of short on me. And it's like, not everything's going to fit everybody perfectly. Right. But like, I think, uh, the initial feedback a lot of times can be an overreaction. It's just like, you know, of course we're going to fix it for you, but like, I need to know how bad is this? Like, is every, is every buddy on staff uncomfortable or is it an isolated incident? We can maybe size up or something. Right. And also in Abe's case and his story, uh, with that couple, it's like, sometimes people are coming from a a different city where the palette is totally different. Sure. Um, I've noticed that's happened to me, like just traveling around the country or wherever. And you're like, someone's standard daiquiri is just completely different than it would be in a Chicago cocktail bar. And it's just like, there's nothing you can do about that, really. Yeah, you can't please everybody. So it's, yeah, and I don't know what's up with dirty martinis having such a... A moment? A moment with yeah. the espresso martinis, too. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, espresso's everywhere. Yeah. I know. Oh, and you also like dirty martinis? Did I serve... No, no, I didn't serve the espresso martinis at uh, the cocktail event. I had the other <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, that's true. But that was the most popular one. Yeah. And I remember, who was the guy pouring them? Uh, oh, Noah. Yeah, and, and I remember Noah, like, towards the end of the night, he's like, that guy right there. And he, like, pointed across the room. He's like, that guy's had seven of these. <laughs> like, seven <laughs> martini espressos. With, yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> that's insane. That's crazy. I'm though. also just not a huge fan of mixing caffeine and alcohol. Yeah. And so, like, there's always some part of me that feels strange about making one. I, I had, uh, f- like, end of a Friday night back service well shift and... 
there's somebody in a group that was like, I just really want a vodka Red Bull right now. Mm. And I was, mm-hmm. we did, we don't have, we don't have olives at, we didn't have olives at the Violet Hour because Toby didn't want dirty martinis at all and didn't have any energy drinks or anything like that. But I was just like, you know, screw it. So I, I ran to 7 Eleven and got a Red Bull. And yeah, I mean, that's hospitality. That's though. great hospitality. But I also just wanted a Red Bull for myself. So <laughs> <laughs> an excuse to like step away Is there the still world. no olive there? No olives there, yeah. No. Uh, I guess I've never explored that. But if someone wanted a martini with an olive, they'd be like, no. He'd just say no. Yeah. Twist or, or onion? Nope. No cocktail onion. No, no cocktail olives. onions, no olives, no especially blue cheese olives, but no olives at all. Wow. Because I think in 2007, that's everyone's, you know, concept of what a martini was, was the Chicago blue cheese olives, and you just, mm-hmm. like, look towards Yeah, Europe I just stuffed blue cheese olives up perennial. Yeah. I mean, I love blue cheese olives on bag, <laughs> stuffing them, just making a million. Yeah. And then servers would eat them, and I would be driven mad. Oh, God. I'd be like, this is just way more work for me later. People eating garnishes is... Yeah, is, brutal. Jeez. Especially so like gross. intricate. That's <laughs> that family meal at Scofflaw, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> just <laughs> Guests just like just chowing down on... Yeah. Just like, oh my God. In the early days of Scofflaw, I remember a, a guest like took a syrup bottle and just started drinking it. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like Insane. mouth on it or yep. pouring pearls? No, like style. mouth on it. Oh, man. People can be... Uh, can be rough sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why you have rules, which is what, yeah. something I wanted to discuss. Joiner's podcast is brought to you by Party Can. Party Can is a premium batched, large format, full flavored cocktail that uses high end liquor, real juice, real ingredients. It's all natural gluten-free it's 12 drinks in a single can and guess what that can actually floats you can take it to the beach the pool on the boat camping hiking to the game everywhere you go it is recyclable and reusable it's a party in a can and everyone's invited party can is available at multiple retailers around chicago around the country and you can always go to drinkpartycan.com to find a local store or have one shipped to you or a friend and now back to our interview I remember Violet Hour was the first bar I went to where there were rules. Yeah. Wasn't and, initially there no vodka? Uh, there was, I don't know if there was initially no vodka, but there was definitely, I think the original rules were no. I've got them pulled up. Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Rule number one. <laughs> no cell phone use inside lounge. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. I remember one time I had friends in from New York City who had been overserved at another bar mm-hmm. and we got there and he was pretty toasted and, uh. He had his phone. I'm like, dude, put your phone away. Yeah, he was in like, trouble. Yeah. And then, like, sure enough, he was like, kind of falling asleep at the table. And he has phone. He's like talking to his girlfriend. I'm like, dude, seriously, put it away. Yeah. Mr. Hewer was like, he's like, excuse me, sir, could you please put your cell phone away? And I'm like, I'm sorry, he's from out of town. <laughs> uh, all right, proper attire requested. Mm-hmm. What What's something that would get you kicked out uh, or like not let in? I guess basketball shorts and like flip flops. Okay, and, or like um, you know cargo shorts. And at the time, I think they were. So you don't like veterans? No. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, no, I think it was just like I think the idea was kind of like what um, milk and honey was like in New York. Mm-hmm. Was yeah. this whole idea? That you know, the 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 chads and brads asking for shots and trying to you know pick up girls at the bar was something that they didn't want to have. So I think no hats was a rule too. 
Yeah. Uh, Sorry, yeah. I jumped the gun here. Please, yeah. no baseball hats is the next one. And um, I've, I've seen door guys when I was first there, like, go up to guys on first dates, and they're, like, you know, middle-aged guys with male pattern baldness, and they're wearing a hat, <laughs> and there's, like, you have to take that off. And just, like... I wasn't going to do this till the third date. <laughs> so brutal. <laughs> uh, luckily, it's really dark lighting in there, but... Um, but yeah, all three of us have baseball hats on right <laughs> now true. in the studio. Um, no rules here. All right. Uh, sorry, no reservations. That is, I think, since changed. Um, but yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, I remember Pandemic. there'd always be the line, and then you yeah. know you go in and. Uh, all right. If you have a party of four, we'll give you four chairs. If your party is eight, we'll arrange eight chairs for you. No party add-ons. This is the namesake yeah, no for the joiners. podcast. No joiners. <laughs> that's right. Uh, without prior notification. I think that's a great rule. It is a good rule. No joiners allowed. No joiners were, were kicked out. <laughs> and what's like, from? is there a back-of-house reason? Um, for the join, joining situation? Yeah. Um, I think it's more just like a respect thing. I yeah. There's groups on the weekends being like, oh, we just had a friend tag along, or someone picked up someone from the other bar. And it's just like... We're not going to be that kind of place, I think was kind of the... Yeah. I always assume, I feel bad at adding on to a table. And then, like, my friends were like, what? It's more business for the... They don't care. It's And I'm like, well, I don't know, man. Sometimes it's an inconvenience. Like, staffing's an issue. Like, I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, also, Violet Hour wasn't, like, struggling to fill that. Yeah. But it's also, like, if you have a plan for the seating, like, on New Year's Eve, we had someone make a reservation for... We have one table that can kind of squeeze... Uh, a six top at Metal Arc, and the guy messaged like, "Hey, for some reason it wouldn't let me do nine, but we're going to be nine people, and actually we're coming in at twelve thirty, <laughs> not at ten o'clock. So could you change it to nine and then have it be at twelve thirty? And it was just <laughs> like, it's just not how. Yeah, also like, wrong way to be here for Batman, one hour. Man. We physically also cannot accommodate that group. So yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. oblivious. All right, no O bombs, no Jaeger bombs, no bombs of any kind. <laughs> Good rule. Right. Yeah, yeah. Not that type of place. Uh, no Budweiser, no Light Beer, no Grey Goose, it's no Cosmopolitan. I think the Grey Goose thing was maybe why I thought no vodka. Yeah. But it's going to be funny when we have Toby in here and Tim reads the same list of rules in the Toby interview. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like... sure Toby has a way more specific reason for some of these. But... Uh, did he write the rules? I yeah. think he did, yeah. Oh, yeah, wow, yeah. okay. That's why. It's just the so last one is, uh, like, this is my day. favorite one. And finally, please do not bring anyone to the Violet Hour that you wouldn't bring to your mother's house for Sunday dinner. That's beautiful. A good rule. Yeah. Nice. Any uh, so any egregious violations of any of these rules that stand out in your mind? Um, there were quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's been so many, so many, so many stories there. Some that maybe I can't say on. We can always edit it out. Yeah. What do you got? Um, That's what Tim says, and then you say it, and we don't edit it out. It's <laughs> on the cover of Eater tomorrow. Hey, if we could edit out anything, it would be my DC joke. So. Yeah. I love that yeah, joke. we're going to leave it in. Um, <laughs> there was, well, when I first started uh, GMing, I was um, also teaching a cocktail class, because, you know, you have to wear Multiple wearing a lot hats, of hats yeah. at once. And um, the host, during the class, in the middle salon of the bar, comes running up and says, Abe, Abe. There's a gun in the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, okay, folks, hold on. <laughs> and I go to the bathrooms. And the bathrooms are all closed off. There's, It's, um, you know, uh, single-use. Um, very nice bathrooms. Very nice bathrooms, yeah. 
Um, there was just a gun shop fizz sitting in there. There was, <laughs> there was a, a gun in a holster, and oh I'm not very God. familiar with guns or yeah. seeing them, but it was a gun in a holster on the dryer, and someone clearly took it off to use the bathroom and left it there. Hmm. And I was like, well, and I locked the door and called the police, and the police ca- came and had to fill out a report, and um, the gun, they said, was loaded, and the safety was off. What? Yeah. Jeez. And then I'm upstairs just, like, to calm everyone down, and they took the gun, and, you know, I'm upstairs, like, emailing all the owners and telling them what happened, like, right away. And then the door guy left the door and came upstairs and said, hey, Abe, there's someone here. He he says he thinks he left something. And the guy (laughs) came back to try to get his gun, and I'm just like, what in the world? Was it a cowboy? It, It was probably just, like, a, I don't know. I think I know who it was, but... (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah i like look up the rules about you know, like wow. and carry and the rule is a... finders keepers that's your gun <laughs> yeah and so that's is that Jesus. why you are wearing that gun on your <laughs> yeah that's right why now. i came in here today yeah, yeah holstered yeah, yeah oh i guess the, was that before the signs that show like like the, the no gun, gun with the line through it um it was that's what prompted it it was yeah, yeah. We, so we put it up now so yeah. i think it's it's still on the front door but it's not something there's just you know People it, and alcohol, it can be a great, joyous time. It can get really weird. And Yeah. I'm assuming this is obvious, maybe not not to me at least. Uh, if you are able to carry a gun, you I assume you have to have the safety on all the time. Like, did it break any rules by having the safety off and being loaded? I, can you go, if, I think you can, I don't if know you have anything. a conceal and carry license, I don't know if you can go to a place with a gun. Oh really? I don't. I don't actually. I should know this. Yeah. Actually. Huh. Well, yeah. That's a trip, that's though. Idea. I'm just trying to see, uh, you know, how nefarious it was, you know, or like how, yeah, you know, out of the ordinary. I guess. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. not familiar. You have, have. You guys ever shot a gun? I went to a range one time for uh, Mike Murdy's uh, bachelor party. <laughs> we were in. Uh, we were in Clay Ellum, like uh, like an hour and a half, maybe outside of Seattle, and um, you know, rural area. We went to the range. And it was the first time I'd ever shot a gun, and uh, I was like, "Not for me. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to do this again." Yeah, my my grandpa owns, I think, quite a few guns, but not for me. Yeah, not. I have no experience with it. But... Squirt guns, on the other hand, <laughs> yeah. super nerf, nerf guns. <laughs> <I> can... <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, anyway. So, how did you come to leave Violet Hour and start working for? Um, yeah, so I uh, I think the pandemic was exhausting for a lot of people, and you know I was really it was tough as it was for everybody, and we were doing so much programming, and I was again wearing a lot of hats other than just being GM and helping the bar team and you know doing a lot of stuff, and I was just like you know what we got through it. It looks like we're kind of in the clear, so I was like I'm just gonna take a break now. Yeah. And I think that was really good for my mental health and my just general well-being to just... Because I was there for seven, over seven years. Wow. And it was a long time to be at one place. I did almost every role, but it was time to, like, take a break so I could assess what else I could do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was... it was. I'm thankful for it because I learned a lot and it pushed me in ways I didn't know I could be pushed. But, um, yeah, it was... 
it was a good time to to step away and see what else is out there. And retirement for three months was, I started a lot of projects in the home that are still not finished. It's <laughs> kind of how my brain works, but... Uh, like home improvement stuff? Or? Yeah, I decided uh, to go full exposed brick in our house. And then uh, it's more of an ordeal um, in our like main living floor. It's an old house we bought in West Humble Park, like in 2019. And it, uh, yeah, it's just... The furnace crapped out in the recent cold front. It just man, furnace replacement is it, the it, worst. Water heater crapped out right mm. away. Just yeah, owning a home, I don't recommend. <laughs> just don't do it. <laughs> Those things happen to us, yeah, within the first year of our house in Humboldt. Yeah, and you're just like, sweet. Yeah, no landlord to call. Yeah, yeah. it's well, just like a you. huge, uh, yeah. It, I mean, huge yeah. expense. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. a huge shit. Yeah, uh, Luke, who used to. Um, you know, run our bar program. He would, was living with us for a time. And I explained to him once that furnace went out, I was like, just so you know, all of your rent has just gone to that one thing. <laughs> I was like, not like there's no profit being had. Yeah. Either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people always think like when you have a tenant, you're just like making money, but no, there's so much expense. Yep. Yeah. That's for a different pod. <laughs> yeah. Home ownership. Yeah. So for your spin off. When you can't you started at Lardon, right? So I yeah, so I took about two, three months off and then Toby was opening uh, Mother's Ruin. So I went there and helped out a little bit and then through a friend they're like, Oh, this place Lardon and Union are looking for a beverage person. Um, and they're trying to open up a third cocktail. So bar. you knew about Meadowlark, yeah. at least that it was coming. It, yeah. And then I did a interview with the owners and they showed me the space and they showed me what they were looking for. And was it already designed? It was mostly designed. The bar build out was there, uh, just like tables and shelves weren't, weren't installed yet. Um, and they were talking about a couple things and then I just, we had another interview and I just that night was kind of like, oh, this is cool. It's so small. I can like do something a little different. And it is a really cool space. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really pretty. And the, the owner, like, I think spent years just like trying to make it perfect. He really is, he says he's all about optics and likes perfection and it's good and it shows. But I, I was like kind of like really into like this little new space to do anything with cocktails and showed up with like three different menus drafted up the next day for another interview like nice. ideas and were they themed like it is now just themed, different yeah. olive drinks <laughs> yeah, different. different bombs on one drink <laughs> one menu and a baseball hat he had yeah. to rebel you know yeah. he had to rebel against only what, hats yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only hats and basketball shorts yeah. allowed bring a random amount of people <laughs> someone you definitely wouldn't bring to sunday dinner at your mom's house yeah and so the the menu we have now it was one of them and and i think rotating them we kind of solidified and i think we really jive together and um will the other menus ever make an appearance the yes yeah and i i think we're kind of try to keep the next couple menus uh, like under our hats until we're closer to them so it won't be like a field guide volume two with different birds i think eventually we might do a field guide volume volume two in a year or so where it's maybe we do like flora and fauna and it's like you know, plants and animal inspired field guide. Cool. Um, but kind of stepping away from the bird thing. Um, mm -hmm. There's also a lot of bird, like restaurants and bars in Chicago. I've now just realized there's lazy. Yeah. Aviary. Aviary. Sparrow. Sparrow. Lazy bird. Yeah. Oriole. There was blackbird. 
lots of birds. So yeah. <laughs> so can you talk through the? Um, oh yeah, Danny's pulling out the menu. I'm pulling out the one Crap. that uh, that Toby soiled by writing his note in the back. Has that been confirmed? Is that Toby really? I mean, I would assume. <laughs> Given what it says and who it's from, and it says Mother's Ruin. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> gosh, this is, that's, yeah. So there I was, is, so when I was there, I was like, hey, I'd like to buy a menu. And they were like, just, mm-hmm. I feel like they were like excited to get that one out of rotation. Yeah, just given just what was written in the, in the notes. In the well, back. what does it say, Danny? Read it. <laughs> so oh, man. Uh, Woodpecker. I hardly know her. <laughs> From Mother's Ruin. Uh, Birds Aren't Real from Alex Jones. And then there's a, a, a nice tame one. Happy Holidays. Cheers 2022. Alex and Pam with a heart. That's nice. That's it is the nice prettiest one. menu I think I've encountered. It, it's uh, really it's thanks. really nice. Of like They're all Audubon prints, right? Yep, all Audubon prints. Spent a long time looking through the whole catalog. and Did you have to, like, do you have to get permission, or it's, like, public domain? It's public domain. Cool. Um, so that was great. We didn't have to. They're work. so pretty. Yeah, he uh, he knew what he was doing. And to compare to anyone else, really, he's, he was the best. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, just simple, too, which is whatever. It's just a picture and then the ingredients and a little bit about the style uh, of the drink or what to expect and... Is there a correlation between the bird and the ingredients? Sometimes. Sometimes it's based on color. Sometimes it's based on where the bird travels. Um, like the prairie warbler uh, is a very Midwestern, you know, bird most of the time, but they go to migrate to Mexico, and so it's a tequila drink. Um, oh, cool. So, so I just, or sometimes it's literally like the great blue heron. The ingredients really don't have much to do with it, but it's in a big pilsner glass with, and it looks kind of like a bird <laughs> how many people say this name correctly uh which one uh pileated i only know that because i had to look it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> every time i'm thinking about that drink i'm like yeah. uh i always forget yeah i'll have something else i'll have a dc, <laughs> yeah, give me a DC. <laughs> I, I didn't say that i don't know how to say that i'm gonna order something else yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or i just point yeah. like a tourist so um, how often do you anticipate the menu changing? I think probably like two to three times a year. It's yeah. a little bit more than like a s- s- Four Seasons kind of cocktail uh, menu. There's also just a good amount of them where the urgency to change it isn't as... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to not be stuck to a pattern. Right. Gives you a little more freedom and time to develop. Yeah. So the first one, Abe wrote entirely solo, right? The first menu. First menu, yes. And then... I know you were talking about how the next menu is going to be a collaboration with the team. Mm-hmm. So are you using similar prompts that you've encountered over the years? Yeah. And I think the prompts for the next menu, I think we're, we're like 99% set and to do the initial research and writing up the prompts. And it's, it's, uh, it's cool to think about each of the bartenders too, because building the bar team was a lot of fun. And like when we were interviewing, it was almost like a, chopped we would like say use this ingredient but make me a drink um because i'm feeling this way and just seeing what people oh that's cool um and like kind of engaging with bartenders seeing what their banter was like and their confidence behind the bar and then working with everybody after we've launched and everyone's just really talented yeah it's a really good team and so just knowing them knowing everyone's like strengths and some of the maybe places where they want to grow and learn more about uh giving them prompts that like help them deep dive yeah just like really nerd out like someone's strength is not sherry 
Um, so they're probably going to get the sherry drink. Um, oh, that's cool. Just so that they could, you know. Get familiar. Right, exactly. So yeah. it's it's cool. It's I'm 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 excited for a new a new R and D. I'm uh, these drinks are great, but I've been thinking about them quite a bit. So it'd be nice for it to have. A yeah, that's how it always goes. You put out a menu, you're stoked. Like the new <laughs> menu. So we've just spent the last two days shooting the menus for Scofflaw and upcoming Heavy Feather. Cool. And I'm like, you know, you get really excited for them to show up, but then like a month after they release you're like sick of them yeah like especially if you're the ones making them all the time yeah, you're like, okay yeah it's just like <laughs> when are some new drinks gonna come in here the heartbreaker was one of them for sure yeah the vodka drink <laughs> <laughs> was the prompt the breakup drink yeah, the breakup drink yeah <laughs> where were uh some of your staff before metal arc um so a couple are from philly um Sh- shannon is from um was at uh, Lost Lake, okay. um, and um, Mal and Seth are—I don't know. If, can, I don't know if they, I can say their names on you. Yeah, yeah they're I'm, probably cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, as long as you—I mean, that's pretty vague. Yeah, I don't give out their addresses. Sure, <laughs> their social there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. They came from different backgrounds. Uh, one bartender came from New Orleans and worked for Kirko, um, and um, you know, people with. Strengths in rums. One, a bartender came from Soho House. Um, yeah. So, volume, small, intimate, craft cocktails, rum focus. Just like a team that everyone has a different background, which yeah, I think it's is a good mix. And good. speaking of the mix of the team and the balance there, what represents a balanced cocktail menu to you? Like, for example, you're going to have X amount of drinks. If you got 12 bourbon drinks, I'm sure you would not appreciate that. Sure, sure. What is the ideal spread for you in terms of profiles and and base spirits? I think there should be some that are accessible and then some that are more adventurous and everything in between. Yeah. And I think just sticking to one style or one base spirit being showcased can be a little, for me, not boring. Yeah, limiting. Limiting. Um but yeah, I purposefully have no bourbon drinks on this menu because, yeah. you know, I love bourbon, but it's what everyone does. Um, and so just trying to also sneak in things that maybe people don't know a ton about and um, try to make it as dynamic spirits wise as possible. I also thought, like, I think I said at the beginning that I, simple is better, but some of these drinks have a lot of touches. Yeah. Uh, so I'm. That's one thing that stood out to me uh, just reading it. Yeah. I'm I, everything almost everything. But as long as I days. don't have to make them, I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> definitely true. Um, but yeah, it's it's dynamic is good, I think. Um, without, but it has to have a purpose. Yeah, you, know? you can't just have. Let me throw in some clarin and some mezcal and some, you know, this and that just for the heck of it. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Geneva. Danny, what is Geneva? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. Geneva is a European spirit with a wide range of flavors and lots of personality. It always uses malt spirit and juniper and other botanicals, so some would place it somewhere between gin and whiskey. It can be floral and bright like gin or round and malty like whiskey. Whatever your preference, there's a Geneva out there for you. Even me? Even you, Tim. This campaign is financed with aid from the European Union. 
did you tweak any recipes like after the menu had been published, like in terms of quantities of things inside of the drinks? Um, no, surprisingly. Wow, that's um, nice. Yeah. Um, workshopping them was uh, kind of tough when the bar wasn't finished and just like grabbing ice and making it in my kitchen at home and just trying to like fine tune everything. But yeah. for the most part, things worked out pretty nicely. Cool. Um, there's also an array of delicious bar snacks. Do you have any favorites on the menu? Uh, the caviar and chips. That's always a good one. I mm-hmm. never thought of myself as like a caviar guy, but like, holy cow. Cavi- yeah. The salty and the, it's just, it's, it's, it's great. And <laughs> the chicken hearts are really cool. I've never had chicken hearts before. And we have a chicken heart dish on the menu. Chef yeah. Chris is pretty talented. Mm-hmm. Cool. I think the only time I'd ever had them was like at like Sumi Robata, like where they're just like putting them on the skewers and over the charcoal. I was on a first yeah. date one time, and coincidentally, my sister was sitting. It was a publican, and my sister and Brian were sitting across the restaurant, and uh, they sent uh, a heart dish over to our table. As was it chicken heart? Joke. No, it wasn't chicken heart. I think it was uh, a human heart. It didn't look human. Mm, publican um, doesn't really serve human hearts. No, not anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know what kind. Of, I want to say it was a beef heart, but. Hmm. Obviously not the whole thing. But, uh, <laughs> it was bigger than yeah. the plate. <laughs> I felt out, I, I realized it was a joke, but I felt obligated to eat it and just it was, to it was sh- okay. show them off, yeah. like the maple syrup chugging in Super Troopers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that. <laughs> yeah, you just like looked at them and <laughs> ate the whole thing. <laughs> I went over to their table and stood at it, <laughs> eye contact. Throughout. Oh man. Um, so, how much time do you spend? I mean, you're kind of overseeing three concepts, beverage-wise. Sure. Uh, how much time? How do you? Yeah, um, I think creating to just manage all three, creating lists is pretty important. For I, I'm pretty sure I have undiagnosed ADHD, like maybe a lot of people. And yeah, um, if like I don't, Tim and I, yeah. <laughs> and if I if I don't create a list of like daily tasks I have to do and like organize it by location, I I'll just be spinning. So yeah, I have also noticed that about myself. I love to write a task list, and I feel like yeah, I'm the most at peace when I'm like running through it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. If I don't have like a written guideline for the day, it like throws me. Yeah. Or I, I just feel lost. like I didn't do anything. Right. Even though you probably even though did I did like a thousand yeah. things, it feels like I didn't. It's just like crossing that exactly. off. Exactly. You feel like so rewarding. Yeah. So that's that's been really important, and it's a lot. You know, like Union has 24 beers that change throughout the week. Hmm. Uh, Whoa. And then, you know, we're right now we're redoing the wine at Lardone. Um, and, you know, we have special programming at all of them. So Do you try to have like a French focus for the wine program or? It has been mostly French, but moving more to like uh, Italian and German, um, which is kind of cool for the season. And uh, we're going to do a wine dinner series. Oh, cool. Where we travel through France from the north to the south. And like Ooh. chef is going to come up with, it's going to really be enjoy a... that. Tim, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. You Your treat. Yeah. Tim, Tim and wine, I guess. Just, uh, I'm not... not a big wine guy. Yeah. <laughs> there. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll stop pretending someday too, Danny. <laughs> and I'm here for yeah, it. No, it, it always challenges me to think about that. I'm not a huge beer guy, but I love wine me neither. and spirits. Yeah. I, that's why I want the light beer. I want the, you know, I, uh, I didn't say that the interview when I interviewed for the job, but I was like, I really like just like Miller light. Yeah. yeah. High life. I'm a highlight. Yeah. yeah. High life. I like Allagash white. I mean, I'm pretty basic when it comes to beer. I like sours, I guess. Michelob Ultra is also, no, I don't think I've ever had a Mick Ultra. My father-in-law has, and I've 
grown grown to enjoy it. My yeah. mother-in-law has also grown to enjoy it. <laughs> she drinks her beer over ice. That's, Interesting. That's her thing. Hmm. Michelob on ice from yeah. uh, Kathy. Nice. <laughs> nice, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> that's props to Kathy. I remember I had a friend in college who was on the tennis team with me, and he's like, he'd always want to get a Michelob. He's like, it's what the athletes drink. Yeah. Like, is that based on anything? Yeah, no. Nope. <laughs> a commercial you probably saw one time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's what the athletes I think it improves performance. Yeah, if you drink Mac Ultra. Yeah, have you guys heard the uh, the beer stories about Wade Boggs? Like immortalized by the Always Sunny episode. Apparently, he drank like hundred beers on like a cross country flight or something. Oh my god! We'll, We'll we'll reference it in the fact check. This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. Let's hit it. Abe. What's your death row meal? Oof. That's a good question. I wasn't prepared. Take your time. Mm -hmm. Tim and I can... Talk through it. We're here for you. So I I really love huevos rancheros Mm. as a comfort thing. How often are you eating it? Uh, In college, I ate it quite a bit um, at Allende on... Ayande, oh. yeah, and Lincoln. It's pretty cool that you or... got to go to school in the city, too. Yeah, I, I, I like the city. I like Chicago. What are some things that have closed? I mean, sorry, sidetrack. But <laughs> what are some <laughs> things that have like closed up that you used to enjoy? Um, that's a good question. What has closed? I, I mean, I, I actually really enjoyed Blackbird. Um, yeah. And I think that was, that was sad to see that go. Um, what else has closed? I th- I feel like the um, the hot dogs at Maxwell's have changed. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. So which Maxwell's are you going to? The one on Maxwell Street off the highway? Okay. Yeah. The, I the, think the that's the original Is that one. 18th yeah. and Halstead? 18th that one, right? and Halstead, yeah. Yeah, and Pilsen. And it's... There's a million of them. Is it 18th and Halstead is the original one? Or well, is it's like near wherever Nightwood. Or is it the one you drive by when you're on oh, the It's like off Taylor Street. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, I've actually never been to that one. They all say the original. Yeah, there, there are <laughs> so, a lot yeah. of originals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'll try to look that up. I just... I feel like you have to eat them not, like, at night when they're making them because I had one, unfortunately, during the middle of the day and I was like, pre. it was made like an hour before, just wrapped mm. in, in foil and wasn't great it's uh, on harrison i guess 3801 west harrison huh is that your ideal dog that could just be like the nearest one to where i'm surging from i, I think depot has a killer dog uh, you I'm can't a, yeah dog. there's nothing depot wrong with great. the depot dog although like you never know when they're going to be open anymore the pandemic really put a damper on the depot dog I was, Menards was even doing dogs for a are, while. Are, have you had the Wagyu dog at, at Depot? No, I no. saw someone posted about that. Was that you? It probably was. I love it. Yeah, really? someone posted it, and I was like, I gotta go eat. What's but the it's price the one tag on, on it's that? It's the one on Kimball, right? Yeah, the one. It's uh, I think it's twelve dollars. Yeah, it's not the one on the one on Elston does not have it. I don't think. No, I don't. They might have it now, um, but the best hot. There used to be a place called Devil Dogs. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't exist. Any. It was at the Fullerton stop. 
Okay. And now there's no Demon Dogs, and then now there's Devil Dogs. Oh, Demon yeah. Dogs, like, was a Chicago the band themed place. Hmm. On it's like a hole in the wall. Weird. And they would it was Vienna beef. They would boil the dogs, drag them through the garden. It was just amazing. Yeah. It was just the best. I mean, those. I miss hot dogs a lot too. Yeah, that place was dope. Devil Dogs is where Brochure did his pop up, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was like for a full summer. You didn't have it? Yeah. I thought I dropped it off at your house. Maybe you weren't home. <laughs> Tim <laughs> just dropped Arthur. it. Yeah, there was like a oh, rotten no, hot dog there. Yeah, weeks later, I found a rotten hot dog. That's what that was. Yeah. It was awesome. Wait, really good burgers. They had like a fried green tomato sandwich, which was outstanding. Yeah, it was cool. You might have had it actually. I think you did. Yeah, I think um, I had it with you. <laughs> and said you'll never remember this. Yeah. Um, wait, so did you settle on death row meal? Uh, I think it would probably be um, kimchi chige. Okay. Um, I had a Korean babysitter growing up. Oh, nice. And she would make, like, it's just spicy pork belly kimchi soup, stew. It's, Yum. It's, it's, anytime you're sick or you have, like, a c- congestion, it's, like, the best thing. Where do you go now to get it? Uh, Sansugapsan has okay. a really good one. Cool. Western. Yeah. yeah. That's a good answer. That's a good tip. All right. What's your favorite hidden gem restaurant? Hidden gem. Well, we already talked about the Depot Dogs. Yeah. Um, that's everyone's favorite. We don't even... That doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> Hidden gem restaurant. Uh, Mr. Subs on Fullerton. I'm just going, just yeah, going back DePaul. to the Paul area. Yeah. It, it, it used to be like $4. That's, just, is that, that's like, Mr. Submarine? Yeah, Mr. It's Submarine. Like just east of Ashland. Yeah. On the south yeah, side. It's yeah. really, really good. It's just like just hmm. exactly what you What do you get you there? The Mr. Sub sandwich. It's just like an Italian... Just, oh, all right. Uh, I've yeah. seen it a million times and just never given it a try. You can also get a, for my birthday, my friend got me a six-foot-long Mr. Sub sandwich, mm. which they do. That'd be cool. Did you polish that thing? Yeah. I, Solo? Well, my roommates helped me, but yeah. <laughs> and half of it sat in the fridge for a day. But. Uh, all right. What's your favorite cocktail bar out, outside of your own? Um, I think Scofflaw is awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never heard of it. Uh, yeah. Um, actually, was there last night. It was, it was oh, great. nice. Yeah, had some food. Um, What'd you get? I got the rib, uh, no, pork. It's a pork sandwich. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. hoisin pork yeah. sandwich. Yeah, it's um, delicious. That was really good. And then the duck bookie. Yeah, so oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and then, you could eat that every day. Yeah. That's a treat. So, yeah, I would say Scofflaw's. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, Brown Nose. (laughs) What's your favorite dive bar? (laughs) Um, Favorite dive bar? I was uh, actually, when I was at Mother's Toby and I would afterwards go to Star Polska a couple times. Mm. And they just have like Polish beer and Zabrowska. And then you just like the platter of meat that they put out and like just pickled things. It's, Mm. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. 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 That is a tradition. Like the Polish... Kind of dive bar, but also packaged goods, and it's always like run by a, like an older woman who's always there and like kind of rude but happy to have you in. Yeah. I kind of I like those spots. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah. A quick aside, uh, just we brought up Toby again. You've hung out with some pretty heavyweight drinkers in your time. Who has the highest alcohol tolerance? Who's got the what's the hollow leg? Yeah, the the, the lead leg. stomach. I would say Toby surprises me quite often uh, wade boggs level he's uh he he's just uh, he's also like a really really nice like drinker when he drinks he's like just the the happiest guy yeah Yeah. so it's it makes it makes you want to hang out more and he he'll wake up at like five the next day drink an espresso and he's good wow Wow. sounds like me in high school (laughs) sounds like never i don't think i ever had that ability 
Oh, man. I miss it. Uh, all right. That was a good answer on Dive Bar. All right. Favorite fast food? Favorite fast food. Um, I mean, I'm... Mr. Sub is kind of looks like a fast food place on the outside. No, Danny. My dog's name is Big Mac, so it's a... I'm just going to say it. And that's your Very order? Cool. Yeah. A, a Big, Big Mac's great. It's just, there's something about it. Mm. Those golden arches. I'm a child of just sure. yeah. bad yeah. capitalism. You know? <laughs> yeah. What's, uh, do you have a go-to McDonald's in the city? Because the, uh, the the variance in quality is outstanding. You know, you got to go to ones that, it's a really good point. Uh, you got to go to ones where it's busy, right? Because they're making yeah. it fresh. Turnover. Um, All the ones I've, I mean, I don't know if it's from the pandemic, but it, it seems like I can't find a not busy one. It's it's it slaps, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are we yeah. still saying slaps? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean the one at Western Milwaukee's busy. The one near you on Ogden is busy. The one at North and Kimball is my favorite. That's yeah, that yeah. one that's like between Kimball and Kedzie. Yeah. I go to that one just because it's close to my house. Me too. But wait, it's... on North Avenue? Yeah, that on one? North. Yeah, yeah they just, on the like, south they side of the street. They had like a, an outdoor dining room for a while. There, it's been like ongoing construction there forever. Right? I feel what? like there was always like guys one? standing yeah. when you're in line. Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, they yeah. still do it's that. All sorts. Yeah. It's like Portillo style. Almost. It is. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. The Ogden one, well, and the, the posies agree, <laughs> that's the best one in the city. So my can talk funny... about what's next. I, we're also, we also live by Hamburger University, yeah, my, my alma mater. <laughs> uh, no, the McDonald's headquarters is in the West Loop, yeah. and they have like international menu items on there. So if you haven't been there, check that out. Have right. you been to McDonald's around the world? The uh, one that's on? No, uh, just like elsewhere. Oh in, yeah, yeah, I've been world. to yeah, I've been to Spanish McDonald's. I've been to one in Paris. It was really weird. Yeah, and they have like the international Different items. Op- it's yeah. like a yeah. kiosk too. Yeah. It's like the I had, Chase yeah, Bank of Paris McDonald's last year. I, I had like a little. It was like a little cup of like fish and chips hmm. my son pranked me the other day when uh he had done this thing in the morning so like as a reward i was like okay let's he had it in his head that he was gonna somehow get a chocolate milkshake and a happy meal from mcdonald's and it was like nine in the morning i was like no chance <laughs> that breakfast. mcdonald's serves this yeah. at nine in the morning and he's like well let's go see and like let's check if you're right that's you know whatever <laughs> and we went to the mcdonald's and sure enough, they serve milkshakes at nine in the morning. So wow. I had to like get Only Arthur. five year olds. So I got Arthur a chocolate milkshake at nine in the morning, which is like insane. Wow. Luckily, they did not have Happy Meals. Um, really? I'm surprised. Yeah, no Happy Meals. I know they have the ingredients. He there. wanted a sausage McMuffin without the egg with ketchup. It's very weird. That very is weird. weird. Sandwich. Sounds like a little yeah. pain in the ass. <laughs> uh, all right, next with question here. On it. Oh, actually, on uh, the topic of fast food burgers, do you ever have Culver's? <laughs> We're trying really hard to get them as a sponsor. Culver's? I'm adamant. No, that Tim is, is the non-stop with Culver's. That, that butter burger. It's, out, it's it, amazing. It is. It's great. I'm just shocked that Tim is still bringing it up. I, it, I, I can't. Culver's, can't come on. Let's have do an it. episode not bring it up. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Are there Culver's in the in Cook County? There's yeah. one in the city. It's on. I think it's on Montrose, right? Mm-hmm. Like kind of Montrose and Ravenswood. It's like Walmart. I've never too. been to it. They're like not a lot. There's yeah. One there's wall- on the north. There's one on north. There's a Walmart. Yeah, North Avenue and like uh, Cicero. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. Like that. Anyway, um, Culver's, holler at me. <laughs> it's you slap. <laughs> uh, all right. What's your favorite cocktail? Can you pick a favorite cocktail? Um, that's a tough one. I think um, I'm a sucker for a Sazerac, I would yeah. say. And then specifically, 
uh, maybe on the side. So favorite cocktail, generally Sazerac, what's, what's your favorite cocktail that you have cons- like of all time that you've consumed? That I've consumed? Like a specific cocktail. It could Something also be a Sazerac, but blew your socks off. Yeah, that's, yeah, that really slapped. That really slapped. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Um, I think the first time I had uh, uh, Nissan Esprit Tea Punch hmm. at uh, um, Lost Lake. Oh, cool! And what is that like? One hundred and forty proof? Yeah, it's a higher proof Nissan. Yeah, the Agricole. It's an intense agricole. Don't look at me. I don't know. No, but I'm was, just letting you know. Yeah. <laughs> but just I think I was learning about that drink and the tea punch in general, and I hadn't had one, so I ordered one, and it was just like, oh, this is so simple. Just a little bit of lime, a little bit of sugar, and yeah. a lot of flavor from the spirit. And that's Yeah, a, I think Paul would uh, love to hear that. What's a tea punch? Uh, I think it's like French Creole for petite, so it's like this a small punch, and I think... You probably know, but the the tradition is, I think you sit at a bar in um, Martinique or the French Caribbean, and there'd be like a bowl of limes, some sugarcane syrup, and a bottle of rum, and some ice in a glass, and it was kind of like a make yourself oh, a, a little punch for yourself, and you cut up a disc of lime, squeeze a little bit of juice. Yeah, like just like a handful of drops of lime juice. And so it's like a, it's like a proto daiquiri kind of kind mm. of thing, and then a little bit of cane syrup, and then two, three fingers of rum, and it's... That uh, sounds pretty great. It's really that sounds great. like a nice uh, like Caribbean vacation It's a thing. nice you summertime drink. by the pool with uh, a bowl of limes and some yeah. rum. It's really nice. All right, what's your favorite Abe cocktail? Sheesh. Or one you're most proud of? I don't know. That vodka one? What's it called? Heartbreaker? <laughs> the Heartbreaker? No, the vodka one that didn't make the book is the favorite. Mm. Uh, yeah. What, I don't even remember what that one was. Uh, I, my favorite... I had a drink called, um, what was it called? It was called Brass Tacks. And it was a simple Sazerac style, old fashioned, with, um, we had a bartender, Andrew Mackey, who would make all the bitters in the back. The pool player. Yeah, he's like semi pool shark. Yeah, he's, he's an awesome human. But he had these black and white bitters and these root beer bitters he made. And I just made a very simple, um, Wait, what were the black and white bitters? Just vanilla and chocolate. Oh, got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the glass had a rinse of root beer bitters, um, and had an orgeat as the syrup, and then two ounces of old granddad. And I, for me at that time, I was putting way too much stuff in cocktails, and that to me was just simple but delicious. And I was proud for myself to be able to like. Toby would say you should look at cocktails like Chanel leaving. Uh, leaving and checking out their outfit for the day before leaving and say the first thing you notice you take off and then your outfit is done so Mm. less is more uh, again so full circle Hmm. say that i I had not known that quote that's good all right what trivia category would you dominate probably dragon ball z characters wow First time we've gotten that. Yeah. Is that Gogeta? As... There's Gogeta as a, a fusion character. Between, okay. Yeah. It's the only name that comes to mind now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I, I, uh, I got really into Dragon mm. Ball Z. All yeah, right. Cool. That would be a good uh, inspiration for a future menu. Yeah. All Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. It's really aggro, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, to what do you attribute your success? Um, um, I would say probably, I mean... Like anyone, my parents, 
I think my parents were taught me at a young age that, you know, anyone is, uh, anyone is worth being hospitable to. So we would have random people come to our house. We weren't really, you know, affluent, but my mom would be like, Hey, you want like the last TV dinner in the freezer and, you know, would give it to them or make it for them. And, you know, my, my parents were like hippie Christians and, um, you know, it was, I learned like hospitality probably from them and, and I think probably, you know, I, I think I talked about Toby a million times in this, so I'd probably have to say mm-hmm. him as well. And, you know, for what he's done, what I really admire is he always would say, you know, I take making cocktails very seriously, but I don't take myself too seriously. And I've really tried to remember that as much as possible. And Yeah, that's that's a good point. We, we talk about that <clears throat> with stock, and it's like we take our craft very seriously in what we do, but we definitely don't want to take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. And we're always like open to feedback and stuff like that. That's a good answer. <clears throat> All right. And then last question here. What is something that bars or restaurants do that might annoy you? <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> it's a great question. It's... And we've had very few repeat answers, I think. That's Everyone's true. got kind of like a different <clears throat> I mean, observation. Lou's answer was kind of a cop out. I'm going to be on the record with that. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess Lou didn't give a real answer. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there have been some good answers. Yeah. My, my wife doesn't like it sometimes when we go out to cocktail bars, cause then she just sees me making faces. It's like, what, what is it? And I'm like, I, nothing. It's, it's all <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's fine. Like, I'm, You're trying, judging I'm trying it. to be in the yeah. moment too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Single tear. <coming> Whiplash. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Uh, sometimes when people Am like, I rushing? Or am I dragging? Yeah. And just keep slapping you. That's what I'm picturing Patrick Smith doing. Just throwing ice cubes at my yeah, head. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, Patrick's great. Just kidding. Photographer. Yeah, he's he's living his. Uh, he's in Portland, right? Yeah. He's working with at Jim's bar. Too, yeah, right? he is. Yeah, he's he's doing doing great. And his mm-hmm. photography is awesome. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, so when people muddle fruit and they shake and then they dump the fruit and the ice in the garbage. As someone who formerly would quite often take the garbage out, it was pretty frustrating to see that. Oh, because of all the, like, just the... Just, you pick up a bag and it just, like... Melted ice. Melted, wet, dripping everywhere yeah, as you're yeah, trying to... Sucks. Yeah, Just put it in the dump sink and clean your tools and, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's the very first time obscure. That yeah, one, yeah, I love it. But that's a self-realization, too. I was... I called myself the Montenegrin Mayhem as a bartender <laughs> because... Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of like it when you a cocktail title. Yeah. yeah. When you hire like a a plumber or electrician, like a, you know, you can't get all three, you can't get fast, cheap and good. Yeah. I think bartenders it's fast um good and clean. It's yeah. really hard to get all three. Yeah. And I always struggled with the clean and the remising in place and all of that. So, I edit myself I tried to and I think I notice that mostly when I go to bars. I'm like, how can I how can they be cleaner? I think I'd like add a fourth person? adjective to that. What would you add? <clears throat> I don't think you can get punctual. No, like, <laughs> like, what is it? Fast, good, and clean. Was that the mm-hmm, three? The three. I would say, and also able to withstand pressure without showing it, yes. like to absorb stress or not get stressed out by all the drinks coming in. I'm not good at the fourth one. Really? Like, if yeah, if I was getting overwhelmed, like. I'd probably be showing it to you on my face, like that that scene in the bear where the yeah. tickets are printing. That yeah, kind of exactly. Like, mm-hmm. like I, yeah, I've I feel like I'm I'm relatively 
uh, clean and all that stuff. But there's some people that are just like, it's the waves crashing onto them and they're just like absorbing it. Yeah. And they're just like, the people are going to get their drinks when they're going to get their drinks. You know, if they take 30 minutes, then that's what it is. And in my mind, I would, I can't accept that. Yeah. So I would just be like a mess. Yeah. I'd be focused on the cue that's growing behind it. Yeah. It's hard. Like some people though are like very good at phasing that out. Like Paul is very good at that. It's hard. I don't think I ever got really good at that. I think it's just, I don't know. That's like the true experience, like many, many years and a personality type probably. And just seeing that, knowing the tickets are building and yeah, it's, so people are good at that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, all right. That's a wrap on Abe. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And that concludes our conversation with Abe Yusekovich of the Meadowlark Bar. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can always find us on Instagram at joinerspod for exclusive cocktails designed by our very own Danny Shapiro as well as throwback photos of our guests on Thursdays. As always, this episode was produced by Matt and Teo Haddock and music by Captain Cuts. We'll see you next week.